This is a car show, but it's also more, because cars connect us to every part of our lives. Families, careers, hobbies, and adventures we never expected. So you should have a car you love, and we're here to help. I'm Paul. I'm Todd. And this is the Everyday Driver Car Debate. Hello, everybody. Happy Friday. Welcome back to the podcast. Thanks for being with us. As always, we have two really cool car debates. We still have a bunch of great questions from you guys. We've got a lot to cover on this, so we're going to dive right in. But I'm just, it's been a crazy week. We've been shooting in Los Angeles all week, mm-hmm. and yeah. we can't wait to show you some of the stuff we've been shooting. We, we came up with a very oddball two-car shoot. And a bunch of other fun stuff. So we're we're actually looking for forward to that. I, I like it when every now and then you and I will have a conversation about a car we know we want to shoot. And then I then I always bug you with we need to put it with something. And we go through the usual suspects and then sometimes like this, we spear off into madness. So I can't wait to show you what we've shot this week. It's gonna be very fun. <laughs> the first car debate is from Corey S who is experiencing a small liquidity event. Ooh, send us some, I can give you a bank account if you just need to send <laughs> yeah, off some of that liquidity somewhere. Anyway, Splash sorry. Splash them over, yeah. So Corey was at the Utah meet uh, back in 2023 Yep. with his daughter, and they had rented a yellow C8 Corvette. Mm-hmm. He's been waiting to send this okay. until it's been right. Now he's had the good fortune to experience a small liquidity event at his company and therefore is allowing himself to splurge on the purchase of a fun car, with no compromises. Mm-hmm. It doesn't need four doors. It doesn't need four seats. If he keeps his current car, it doesn't need to be an automatic either. So it really is fun only, and it really has no responsibilities as a car, no normal life stuff. That's great. I love it. Corey's wife relinquishes MOF duties to Corey. He's the one who enjoys budgeting and Excel, and I don't like Excel. I hate Excel, as a matter of fact. <laughs> he actually says he can be trusted. He said he's the more <laughs> frugal of the two of them. They could actually spend somewhere between fifty and 85000 on this next car Ooh. that he's looking at, or car-related adventures. He would probably lean toward fifty grand. His wife would actually say, why don't you spend the eighty-five? is Isn't that fascinating? That's fantastic. News, I love it. Corey. It's great stuff. We spent an 85. News. Or if it's Paul, it's 90 or 95. <laughs> well, anyway, moving on. We'll yeah. get there. We're not uh-huh. quite yeah, there yet. Sure. Corey has a relatively short list of cars in his ownership history, largely due to either needs or circumstances at the time, yeah. his own frugalness that he admits to, or just having higher ranking items to allocate funds to. Yep. His ownership history includes a non-turbo second-gen Mitsubishi Eclipse that he spent a lot of time and money on, including turbocharging it. I bought the non-turbo, but you know what I could do? I could add a turbo. That's going to be great. He said that led him to an Evo 9 that he drove daily for a decade and 175,000 miles in stock condition. I just have to take a second, Corey, you cannot see me, and tip my hat to you. A daily Evo 9 for a decade. He said he realized with that car he loves driving cars and not working on them. You notice this contrast here? The Eclipse was, I'll buy the non-turbo, I'll Mm -hmm. work on it. Mm -hmm. The Evo was, I am hair on fire just like you bought me. And Corey's like, that's what I want. Just like that. That works. (laughs) Well, Corey needed a gap car after this Evo 9. So he got an 06 Hyundai Sonata, but he was inflicted with the disease. So he was actually excited to just try something else and get the cheapest transportation that he's owned for two years and 25,000 miles before jumping back into something newer and more sporty. So this was your palate cleanser (laughs) from the Evo 9, and you've actually tried to make the most of it. And to your credit, you did say at least it did everything it was supposed to do, but we're moving on. Enter a Jaguar XE. Hmm. I can't remember the last time we've talked about Jaguar XEs. Probably only when Corey writes in. I forgot they existed. Yeah, they are essentially Jaguar's 3 Series, if you want to think about it that way, or the competitor to the Alpha <laughs> Julia. This is what we're talking about. They did not sell well. They did not. 
Well, Corey had one as a rental and he loved the steering feel. It mm. reminded him of the Evo. Interesting. He drove two Julias in Utah and he understands why they get love, but he also doesn't understand why the Jag doesn't get more credit. Mm. They felt so similar to him. Interesting. Okay. He is currently still dailying the Jag, but with more work from home, annual mileage has dropped from about 20,000 to less than 5,000 miles a year. Mm. He's also spent plenty of time behind the wheel of cars that have been his wife's dailies, which are all the SUVs. It's not what he's looking for. He says Explorer Sport, Ed Sloppy Steering, Ford Edge, the 2011 Honda CRV. Yeah, that, gosh, that era of CRVs. <laughs> no love here. Just, just keep walking, Paul. It's no okay. Love. It's okay. Yeah. Mm-hmm. He didn't mind a second generation Acura MDX. And he said he knows this is blasphemous in the Deacon household, but he loved the Ford Flex. Yes. Well, see here, I didn't mind it, but my wife just has this like, it's almost an allergic reaction to a Ford Flex. I'm glad there's not that many around there anymore. There is no ointment because for that. Because she just, oh. she just starts, it's like instant road rage. She starts yelling so at people funny. in Ford Flexes. Anyway, I don't know. He, he really liked it. They had a 2017 X3. He was like, eh. It was okay, but now they have a 2017 base Cayenne. He said that is by far the best SUV his wife has owned. He loves it even without CarPlay. I'm surprised. We've talked about this before, that your 2017 doesn't have CarPlay, but that's a separate thing. You can get it aftermarket. I'm going to put that out there, but it is very nice to have. But he loves that. So his wife has a great car that Corey loves as well. So now it's into stuff that he's driven for him. Some quick thoughts on the Alpha 4C. He writes that it's fun, but not for the highway driving that he'll be doing as a daily. So you're saying the Elise is out. I get it. I understand. (laughs) Got it. Okay. The C7Z06 was auto, so maybe that was it, or maybe it was because it was driven back to back with the next two cars that it felt underwhelming. The next two cars? (laughs) That's key. All right. When you drive it alongside a Huracan, Mm -hmm. he says he could cackle along with the exhaust all day, but it's out of the budget. It is. As is a Ferrari 458. Mm -hmm. He loved everything about this car, and if it was in budget, he would be aiming for one. He says some people, Nugget and Equiraptor, they're known on the Discord. Yep. He says the windshield replacement has him saying maybe his net worth doesn't yet allow him to stomach the, the supporting the windshield replacement cost of being an exotic car guy. This couple has a Ferrari. Yes. That they have driven on all kinds of road trips all over the nation, including to our Utah adventure. And they have told ownership cautionary tales because they have driven it without apology to their credit. It's a Portofino and they love it and they've driven it convertible up, convertible down, all the weather you can imagine. But when stuff breaks, like the windshield, they're like, okay, guys, so here's what's really up. And Corey is now terrified of the idea of owning a Ferrari. (laughs) Nugget and his wife, Monica, are great. They've been with us on Utah meetups. We saw them in Texas. Big shout out to you guys. Yes, for sure. (laughs) I, I love that you have been so generous yes. to people yes. on our Utah adventures. It's been incredible. He says, Corey writes, whenever Mustang Cobras come up, he says he's not a Mustang fan. Drove that Mustang Cobra. That solidified it. It was so big and bloated. Mm, but he okay. got out of the 4C into a Mustang Cobra. That was the wrong direction. There should have been some sort of <laughs> middle ground car. But anyway, yeah, moving on. He loves the looks of the Jaguar F-Type. Not a huge fan of it. He says the Super surprised him and he enjoyed it, but he's learning about mid-engine. He's kind of thinking, do I want a mid-engine? The Super was a big surprise for him. He said the C8 that he rented, so much power. And he said it felt smaller the faster he went. He loves the exotic looks. He said he rented it because it was kind of high on his list of semi-affordable fun cars and he wanted to know how much he liked it. The truth is he loved it, but no manual. And will he use that much power? Interesting. Okay. 981 Boxster, he says, driven out on Texas highways, exhaust note was fun, the top down was fun, but he didn't really get to connect with it. 
possibly because it was being driven on Texas highways. But anyway, separate Probably. Thing. Yeah. And then the Cayman T felt like coming home. Mm. Corey says it was so easy to drive and he was so immediately comfortable with it. He could pick up a 718 and be happy. He says any version, if any version was 75% of the experience of that Cayman T. That is quite a pivotal car for you. You also drove on the Utah meetup. We have driven it before. We have an, an LS-powered 944 that we actually have on our original channel that we drove that our friend Jeff in Colorado built. And he said it was a hoot, and it is. That car is craziness. But he said the idea of something old and modded without nannies and with minimal safety gear, he just realizes none of that is for him. <laughs> Which I understand. That is, that is, a, that is a quite a, a unique car to own. It's a step. Yeah. Well, Corey's loved all of these limited car experiences that he's had on the Utah Adventures. How does he decide bet between spending on the actual car or spending on the activity? Mm. His budget would allow him to make it to the Utah meetup again, or if he goes to some other track event or on pilgrimage and still have room for a fun car, that's, he's trying to do the budget thing. He's trying to allocate dollars. The, the difficulty here, Corey, I think comes down to, do you have, and everybody's different, do you have the ability to have fun drives out your door? that you could be to in an hour. Because I think if you don't, mm. then you have to allot more of your budget to actually going somewhere to have a fun drive. And it really depends on your location. I mean, Paul and I are blessed here having started the show in LA where there are plenty of great drives. Here in Utah, we have plenty of great drives. So we're spoiled, plus we do this for a living. So we get a lot of fun drives no matter what. But what we see on the Utah meetup or Colorado meetup or whatever every year is people will come from where there are no fun driving roads just to have the event. And it becomes a high point of the year mm -hmm. because mm -hmm. you don't have roads like that near you. So I think that's the big question, Corey, is what's near you? And if there's not much, you have to leave some room in the budget to go where the fun is. Corey's got a list of other cars he'd love to experience, and he doesn't really know the best way to experience them, whether it's through ownership or rental. I mean, Corey, you've done such, you've done, you've done so a lot well of driving already. already. Yeah, for I sure. mean, more than most people get to experience. And he's longing for something mid-engine, but could be persuaded to something like a V8 Vantage. He says, I guess it's technically mid-engine as well. <laughs> Bottom of the depreciation curve. Mm -hmm. But he's got that frugalness part of him that always kind of enters the, the picture. He liked the C8 a lot. He could find one in budget, but then he realizes he missed a manual after driving a lot of manual cars. Mm, interesting. Okay. He also suspects relatively high depreciation is headed towards C8. Maybe. Let's hope not we, too much. We're, we're going to suffer from that. We know I'm we sure. are. We know I'm we sure. are. Yeah. He could probably buy a Cayman and be satisfied for years, but will he miss out on other cars or experiences as a result? Yeah. <laughs> yes. Well, but to both. Know, the car you're about to buy doesn't have to be around forever. Right. Even if you love right. it, yep. you could have it for three or four years. And just because you are afflicted with this car disease, go, I'd like to get something else. You're, you're stating this as if, if you bought a Cayman or whatever else, well, that's just it. No. No, I, I mean, you know, <laughs> no. in a few years, you could just go buy something else. But that's a side note. Does Corey start at the bottom and work his way up or start at the top and work down <laughs> selling a car after a year and getting the next most expensive in line? Mm. I love that you wrote that, Corey, because we've talked about that a lot. Mm -hmm. The next thing doesn't have to have a whole lot more power and therefore be more expensive. True, true. It's not yeah. an in-order kind of thing throughout yeah, our that's lives. That's good. That's a great point. You've got to give yourself permission to consider GR86s or yeah, yeah. stuff like that. Like, What if you wanted to downgrade and spend money and it was still a hardcore sports car? Mm. When Toyota brings out that MR2 replacement, We'll see. I wonder what that does to enthusiasts who go, you know, it's sort of like a little Ferrari or a little... You know, something well, and, great and it costs yeah. less. And hmm. 
Maybe I should. Uh, well, this is what our whole price of fun piece is about. Yeah. It's just it isn't necessarily connected to the dollar amount, but you have to figure out what you want. Anyway, moving on. He's considered a gated manual R8. Ooh, we've, we've talked about them already. They're great. <laughs> He's considered a Ferrari 360. Mm. No, if you're going to get a Ferrari 360, you got to go manual. I the know problem that pushes is, your budget up. The problem is no. budget-wise, the 360 he'd find would be the auto. But, the one you want is the uh, manual without question, for sure. Yeah, because yeah, yeah. then you'd be like, what did I do? I yeah. wasted my money. Yeah, yeah, I yeah. got the auto. I got the Ferrari 360, but why did I do it? Then he says that thing that I know you are, you practically have a, a, a big billboard on your wall, Paul. He says, hey, do you guys notice how cheap the Mercedes AMG GTs have gotten? Yes, we have noticed. Yes. And Paul brings it up to me almost weekly. He's like, have you seen these things? Sweet. It is amazing how much they have dropped. He said he could possibly get usual suspects here, the 997-911. He said he's never driven a 911. Boxster, of what? course, he could get one. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's interesting. I'm surprised you haven't. He says he's not sure how noisy the top would be with it up in the highway commute or how cold it would be in New Jersey. That's where you are. It, as a winter daily, we know plenty of people that have actually driven a Boxster year-round here in Utah. Mm-hmm. It is doable. It is a lined top. It's got more insulation in it than like a Miata, for example. So yep. it isn't that bad. But of course, it isn't a hard top, uh, you know, full coupe either. A postscript here. How important is color when you're hunting for a new car new to Mm. you? Is it worth waiting months to find the exact spec or do you get what's available now and enjoy the car longer? Mm. I'm glad you asked that question because my choice for you, Corey, takes all this into consideration and it is one car. Oh, good for you. It's the Lotus Amira. Interesting. A little bit out of his budget, but not far. It is. Yeah. It's out of your budget. Yeah. But... I'm taking Todd a page out of your garage. His okay. wife has a 2017 Cayenne. <laughs> Todd's wife has a 2017 So what we're Cayenne. just doing is filling... Gr- okay, got it. All right, I understand. Todd has a Lotus. Mm-hmm. Corey, you could have a Lotus. They make it work. Mm. I mean, you've got two Cayennes and well, but he's, a whole bunch of press cars. But he's but not worried about the car have, having usability, though. Exactly it's right. Yeah. But you've wondered about cost to power to benefit mm-hmm. to longevity to do I keep this car forever kinds of things. And I think the Amira does a great job wrapping them all together because it is new. And now it's not like they're, there's a ton of them at your dealership. Just run yeah. down and pick the color that you want. <laughs> people don't even have them yet that ordered them years ago. Yes. I know, I know. Uh-huh. But we're getting to the place, yeah, yeah. Corey, where I think people will start to take delivery and be like, you know, I either can't afford it or I decided I don't want it or my situation changed or something. And I think there that is will be Amiras yeah, for sale. Mm-hmm. It won't be in the exact spec and color that you want, though. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and fair. so I say do get an Amira that's mm. almost there. Mm, okay, You're going to have to pay more. But on the other hand... How exotic is the Amira? But it's not Ferrari too exotic. Like, true. I don't want yeah, to yeah. drive it. Yeah, I, I'm scared. Toyota of running the gear. Car. Yeah, for sure. I think that solves that problem there. Mm-hmm. It's got an exotic name. It's certainly an exotic look. But yes, you could daily that thing and be perfectly comfortable. I would like to do that. Yes, <laughs> I, I admit I'm it. telling you, <laughs> 2017 Cayenne. Very, very much like to do and that. Lotus product. Uh huh. I okay. mean, I think the Elise is. Not, not the for Elise everyone. is too much for him. For him, he doesn't like the four C. I get it totally. Yeah, I'm spending more of your money. Yes, you are. But how often do you have this point in your life when you can? And I think you could. Mm. You mm. can take it on adventures. You can take it to the track, road trip it, commute in it. Mm. Doesn't matter what the transmission is. I mean, ideally the manual. We want the manual for you. You want the manual. Yeah, for sure. I think it's the perfect solve. And Toyota running gear. 
I see it. So it's all sort of that uh, maintenance. Nope. Do I do I put miles on it? Mm. No, you you pile on the miles on this car. I, I struggle with recommending the Amira to people because I want people to get out of line. But it's a separate thing. <laughs> anyway, you if you have an Amira for sale that you're yes. considering selling, I'd you're love to have a on the list. You'd mm-hmm. like to turn the slot over to Todd. I don't. know. I want Todd to have an Amira. I don't know how I afford that, but I I, I might That's sell a limb. Irrelevant. We'll anyway, figure that out. We'll first, first, we got to find the Amira. Then yeah. we'll figure out how to pay for it. There you go. Corey, that is the, we are putting the, the shingle up right now. Yeah, same thing for you. Find the Amira, then figure out how to pay for it. <laughs> I do like this, Corey. That I, I can't argue with Paul's logic because, of course, it's easy for me to say, "Hey, get a Lotus." Uh, but I will say, look, let, let's just let's just put the the big talking points on the wall here, real quick. You'd ideally like mid-engine, manual transmission, and affordable. That doesn't leave a lot. Mid-engine, <laughs> manual transmission, and affordable is almost nothing. That's Come the on, truth. Toyota. I mean, Come really, on, the, 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 the Cayman makes sense. The Boxster makes sense. I yes. think you would like both yes. of those. Looking at the stuff you've driven and the stuff that resonated with you that you've actually driven and also coming back to the fact that you don't have to keep this car forever. You know what I actually think the car is for you, Corey? The Supra in manual. You haven't driven it in manual. You drove it and it really surprised you, you. But the one you drove, because I know the one you drove on the meetup this past year, was the auto. Yes. Yeah. The Supra manual is an excellent manual transmission and it elevates that car further knowing that car is on your short list as a car that really surprised you and it wasn't the manual i'm sitting here thinking spend 55 spend 60 get yourself that car in manual fight dealer markup but get, get what that is this car spend less than i know it's going get, on get that car and know that you don't have to keep it forever but it's a car you know you like you you said you liked the c8 but you wondered if it was too much car for you and it doesn't come in a manual but the supra does mm-hmm. if you decide you want to move on from the supra caymans and boxers will always be there i don't know how long they're going to make the supra in a manual and the thing yeah, is, you're talking yeah. about color and spec. The super in manual, your budget allows you to go order yourself one like you like it. Toyota doesn't actually do straight up orders. I mean, even for us, they didn't. But you could search around nationwide and find one close to what you'd like. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, so mm-hmm. there's a rare opportunity that checks almost every box you've got, except for, the course, the traditional mid-engine engine behind you situation. But I think that car gets it done now, of course. I like the Amira better, but I'm talking about Supras and Supra money now. Yeah. I think, Corey, you need to be more of a portion nerd to really, <laughs> really, to, to enjoy Cayman for as long as I've enjoyed mine. But the, I, I, And they're always going to be there. They're, they're yeah. going to be around for sure. Corey, you've got some decision-making to do. Wishing you happy hunting. You've had a lot of driving yeah. more completed already. Yeah, you've, for sure. You've been there. You've done that. And Amira's next on your list to drive, <laughs> but I don't know that you even need to drive it to sell it to you. Hear that? Believe it or not, summer is just around the corner. Luckily, ArmorAll, America's most trusted auto appearance brand, has what your car needs to get that perfect summer shine. Plus, now through May 31st, we'll give you $5 for every 20 you spend on ArmorAll products. That means car wash pods, protectant, tire shine, you name it. Find out how to get your $5 rebate at ArmorAll.com. ArmorAll, less work, more clean. Terms apply. We're excited to announce a new partnership with Battery Tender. If you park your car for any length of time, you need it to start. The last thing you want is to hear that labored whine of a dead battery. That's why you need a Battery Tender battery charger to properly maintain your battery in your vehicle, give it a long life, and quick starts every time. 
We're already customers. We use battery tender battery chargers on all our cars year round and especially through the snowy winter months here in Park City. Since 1965, Deltran Battery Tender has been the leader in battery chargers. Their BTP microprocessor technology and quick connect convenience automatically maintains the batteries in all of your vehicles. Lead acid, AGM, or lithium. Keep your batteries in top condition. Visit BatteryTender.com to find the right product for you, including battery chargers, jump starters, inverters, and more. Plus, as our listeners, you can use the code EVERYDAY to get 10% off your order at BatteryTender.com. Alex is writing in from Pennsylvania, and he says he's questing for V8 thrills on a budget. And then he goes somewhere that I have to admit made me break out in a cold sweat. (laughs) Alex has been hunting for a car that blends comfort, power, a touch of sportiness. He really wants a V8. He set his sights on the first-gen Panamera V8, maybe even the GTS. He's sold on it for a standard sport exhaust, automatic transmission, and must-have ventilated seats. Except here is is my come to a halt. His budget constraint is $35,000 out the door, which means he's going to be shopping the bottom of the Panamera V8 market. And the Panamera V8 first gen was not known to be reliable. I'm sorry to say it. That V8, in fact, we have friends of the show who had the turbo, do not get the turbo, and the engine grenaded spectacularly, and it was quite expensive for them to get rid of of the car. Yeah. The those early yeah. uh, first gen Panamera V8s, they shared some similar V8 problems to the very early Cayenne V8s with things like plastic hoses that rotted and fell apart and other random grenading things. Please look into the known V8 issues of those early Panameras and those early Cayennes and see if you want to take it on or see if it's been solved. But my problem is your budget's going to put you at the oh one of the really cheap ones which means it might not be reliable. I I like that car very much. I'm also worried about it since you're stretching to get there. Alex is eager for a V8 experience. Mm-hmm. He wants a car that is equally comfortable cruising and taking on winding roads. So he's been scouting options nationwide. He's making up a road trip out of picking up the car. Like it. His car history includes a 350Z, 2012 Ford Explorer, Acura TLX, and a GSXR bike. Currently, he's driving a 2018 Honda Accord 2-liter manual that's tuned and surprisingly faster than the Panamera from a 30 miles per hour roll. <laughs> Uh-oh. <laughs> You're bench racing a car you haven't even bought yet. You're yeah. actually you actually know that you've, apparently you've actually done this drag. That's crazy. Anyway, well, he's open to alternatives that match or surpass the Panamera's blend of luxury power and driving thrill. Hmm. Reliability is crucial for him. Uh-oh. See, that comes back to my question at, at the beginning. Moving on. Yeah, okay. This leads him to rule out all products from Stellantis based on past family experiences Ooh. with their reliability issues and electrical quirks. I just like this, the, the term electrical quirks. I really, really like that. Yes. <laughs> He's willing to trade in his, his Accord, which would be worth around $15,000, or his wife's Civic, valued at twelve grand. <laughs> Honey, I'm trading your car in. <laughs> Where's my car? Uh, about that. <laughs> Look what I got. I've been meaning to, to talk uh-huh. to you. We need to talk. Alex's Accord has 40,000 fewer miles than the Civic, so it makes it a viable trade-in option for this car swap. 
If he opts to buy the new V8, I like you refer to your new car as the V8. The V8, yes, it's going to happen. If he wants to buy it solely with cash, he plans to search for a true sports car with a manual transmission and trade in the Accord for that. So this two-step approach allows him to fulfill his desire for a V8-powered vehicle Mm -hmm. and then pursue a manual sports car down the road. I see that, okay. Alex is in the Philadelphia suburbs, and given his car history and desire to steer clear of reliability headaches, what other (laughs) V8-powered options? Had to think about that one. Uh What are the V8-powered options, perhaps with a similar feel to the Panamera, should he explore within or under the $40,000 range? Hmm. Okay. All right. All right. So that means Mustangs and Chargers and Challengers and Camaros and Corvettes are right out. Uh, Well, yes. Um, Hmm. I've already mentioned the things about the first-gen Panamera V8. Look, you might find one that's been well taken care of, that has the known issues solved, and you may love it. I'm a big fan of the Panamera. I don't like the look of the first-gen, but they are superb to drive, and it is amazing how much space they have. You're buying on the bottom end, and that concerns me. And I will say this to you. If you're going to be shopping something as potentially scary as that Panamera, you cannot overlook the BMW E90 M3. That's really good, and it's on my list. It's a four-door with a great V8. Mm -hmm. Now, that V8 has known issues, but they also are so known that it's like, this is a potential issue. Has this been done? Get it done like this by these people. And there's a solve. It's a solve that is known. You can check. I forget that there's a whole thing. But anyway, that is a known V8 with with known issues that you could absolutely get fixed. So if you're going to consider that Panamera, you got to be in the E90. I have one other one and a wild card, but where'd you go? <laughs> I wanted to start in Scare Me Land. Like, oh, please. I'm ending there, but anyway, yeah. Let's scare the daylights out of it. Uh, then we'll pull it back, yeah. <laughs> and that is the BMW M5 with the V10. Sure. The reason is because sure. they're cheaper than your budget, Alex. Yes, they're like 25 grand. <laughs> yes, they are. Yes, terrifying. I mean, let me sell it to you first. Yes. An RPM red line of 8250. Uh-huh. Formula One derived V10. Sounds amazing. Incredible to drive. We have a test drive on one. These were $90,000 brand new. Mm-hmm. They're sweet. All of the tech BMW could think of at the time, the inflatable bolsters, there's all kinds of stuff it's on that car. sweet ride. It even looks good. Yes. They're twenty five grand, mm. and you're driving a V10, a really high strung V10. That is known to be, um, <laughs> how do I put this nicely, uh, maintenance hungry I had to start there because we're already talking about that early gen Panamera V8. Mm-hmm. And then I thought about Audi RS4s, but that's a bit of good news because it's got that 4.2 liter V8 that was in the R8. Such a great car. It's, that, it's actually one of my ride. all-time favorite Audis. That RS4 is so it's cool. It's a sweet ride. It's very cool. Now, all of these so far are cheaper than your budget, which means you could pay less mm. and just allocate some budget knowing okay. that you're going to do okay. some preventative maintenance. Yeah, yeah. And you get to be the one to proliferate and extend the life of these cars because okay. you know what Alex they deserve to be extended an 80 to 100 120,000 mile V8 powered German car does not deserve to die mm-hmm. well and that's a special car they that RS4 they haven't made anything quite like that since I love your E90 M3 that is the top choice you can get it with manual the four door is great they sound amazing BMW took a V8 and shoved it into a 3 series <laughs> It's very good. What? It's really good. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And it's a high-strung V8, too. Good, high-revving V8. Very interesting car, for sure. If we go back slightly older, you can go for the E39 generation, that late 90s. Oh, sure. But not the M5. Those are too expensive. Yeah, you're right. Go for the BMW 540i because you could get 
a V8 with a manual. Mm. It was like the mm. poor man's M5 from yeah, that I see era. It. I see it, yeah. But every journalist of that era still raved about that car. Like, why wouldn't... I mean, M5s are awesome and mm -hmm. all, but wow, scary and expensive. Get the 540i with the manual. Mm. It's a sleeper. And you're rocking a manual transmission V8. And the ones that I found, they're 20 to 25. And they're still not high miles. Mm -hmm. I mean, I consider high miles something over 150. Sure, sure, I see it. Most of these were 120 and below. Interesting, okay. All and right. they were, they range in prices mm. from 7,900 mm. <laughs> all the way Scary. up to 2025. Sure, yeah. I didn't find any in the $30,000 range. Interesting. So if you allocate some money knowing, okay, I'm going to have to do things mm -hmm. to whatever European V8 that I buy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yes, but I paid less for the car. And to me, it doesn't matter the age of these, these cars that we're talking about because people love these cars and they took care of them. Generally speaking, they were high strung. I mean, I'm not going to a, like a Quattroporte or anything like that. Ferrari V8, <laughs> the V8 was the best part about the car. It was a fascinating car for sure. Yeah. Those are, now that I think about it, those are really cheap. Uh-huh. If you get the really six cheap. speed automatic, not that uh, dual select transmission, mm -hmm. if you get the six speed, mm -hmm. they're pretty cheap. Uh you're almost talking wait, yourself into one. Wait, yeah. Alex, now that I think about it, forget all that. <laughs> wait a minute. <laughs> Terrifying. I have Ferrari one. Ferrari V8. <laughs> stop, stop, stop. Alex, I have one for you that I think is actually the answer, and then I have a wild card, and you'll understand why. I think the answer for your V8 automatic four-door sedan that's still fun to drive, that you know is going to run, is the Chevy SS in auto. Your budget gets you into the autos. The manuals are the ones that are higher than your budget. Are the manuals still as much as they were new? They're they're forty and up. Are they really? They're forty are and they? up for oh a good gosh. manual without a bunch of miles. Some people are asking ridiculous amounts for those cars, but the autos get it with the uh, the Magna Ride and the auto, and you'll love that car. And it's a Chevy V8. It's it's essentially Corvette running gear underneath. Unfortunately, it looks like an Impala, but it's very fun to drive. <laughs> nice Malibu. Yeah. What is that? <laughs> what? What's going on? <laughs> yeah, anyway. But but I think you would really like that Chevy V8. Of course, it doesn't have as nice an interior as the, as the Panamera. I don't think there's ventilated seats, which you said you really liked. I get that. But that car is going to run, and the parts are available. So Chevy SS is probably the the realistic choice here. And then I have a wild card. Wild card for two reasons. First off, not a V8. It's the Alfa Romeo Giulia Quadrifoglio. And are you going to really tell me <laughs> Screech, what? that not being a V8 is going to make you walk away from that car? Plenty of power, amazing sound, wonderful to drive. Now, it's a, a Stellantis product. Which it you've, is. you've thrown out. Can he get one for 40 and less, though? They're right around there. That's, Are they That's really? where the market is for those cars. That's They're right around 40. But I think, here's the thing. Most, this is going to sound weird. Most of the people we know of that have had a Quadrifoglio, that have had issues, have put in a better, higher power battery, and it has solved many gremlins. That is anecdotal. I don't have any, like, side-by-side -side proof of mm -hmm. that, but we have heard it more than once. They had weird issues, but again, it's it's not a Dodge product. It's not directly a Stellantis product. It's like got absorbed by Stellantis. <laughs> the Stellantarians have taken over that planet, if you will. Who manages? So, yeah, exactly. The, the, the different company. Alpha Julia Quadrifoglio is my ultimate wild card, but I think the smart money here is Chevy SS. We're celebrating the new year with new products from Griot's Garage. Wintertime means you might be stuck inside, but you can still clean your car with ceramic rinseless wash. It lifts dirt, grime, and contaminants, and it leaves behind a ceramic shield that enhances water beading and self-cleaning ability. 
But if you are getting out the hose, Griot's now offers car wash pods. Just like the pods you use for the clothes washer, you drop one of these in your wash bucket for the perfect amount of soap. These car wash pods even work with your foaming sprayers too. Or if your winter project has faded trim, or you need to protect the trim on your car, try Satin Finish Ceramic Trim Restorer that renews those old trim pieces and is good for tires too. Plus, there's plastic all-in-one to remove fine scratches and swirl marks and restores dull plastic surfaces. Remember, all Griot's Garage products are 100% guaranteed, and all liquid products are made right here in the USA. When you're ordering at griotsgarage.com, use the code DRIVER10 for 10% off everything else on your order. That's G-R-I-O-T-S. Enjoy the finest quality car care products you can buy at griotsgarage.com. Thank you guys for great questions as always. I'm going to start here with our friend Mystic Negro, who he always asks questions that are thoughtful, much like his name. I really like it. He said, do car enthusiasts spend too much time obsessing over the new car they'd like to get and not enough time doing stuff with cars they have? Yes, is the short answer. He said, you can do a track day on almost anything and road trips are fun. The next thing won't necessarily make those experiences better, especially if if you're just waiting on the next thing. I could not agree more. Whatever you have, this was the experience we just had with that ridiculous Prius series. Whatever you have, go out and drive it. (laughs) Yes. Because the truth is, there is genuine fun in driving something that's not meant to be driven hard, as hard as you possibly can. And there is genuine fun in the specialness of driving something exotic and crazy and just realizing you're in it. There's fun on both times. I'm sorry to keep bringing up price of fun, but we've talked about this like crazy. What is the thing you, you have fun in? But this Everyday Driver show we started... The key thing for us was whatever you drive every day, you should enjoy. That doesn't mean that you don't dream about something crazy. But if what you get in right now is drudgery, I remember before we started the show, seeing a person drooling on a Ferrari behind the velvet ropes at an auto show and then sloughing their way off to a minivan in the parking lot that they hated. And I was like, (laughs) there has to be a way to merge that car love with something you'll like. So I want to very much encourage you. It's why we do these road trips. It's why the road trip films. It's why we do the adventures that we invite you on. Please have an adventure in the car you have. Or here's a side note. Fly somewhere, you can have an adventure and rent a car there that's fun. Mm-hmm. Having experiences will remind you why cars are awesome in a way that commuting in it never will. I just want to encourage all of that for sure. Richard Damiano on Instagram commented about Marcus Brownlee, who dropped a video last week announcing he was trading out his daily Tesla mm. Model S Plaid and replacing it with a 911 Turbo. Since he has done this and given his reason as wanting more engagement... Do we think this will give others permission to do so, especially from a tech-focused guy? Well, Richard has been with us on many trips. Mm -hmm. He has, I'm going to answer questions with questions, Richard, since we know you Mm -hmm. and you've been on trips with us and we have had the discussion, you've made the discovery from your car history in budget, in price, in experience, and you've been on Utah Adventures and driven different things and come away with the thought like, I thought I was going to really love that car and I Mm -hmm. didn't. And you know what? This over here shocked me. Yeah. Sometimes shocked you enough to buy one like Mm -hmm. (laughs) GR86s. But I'll answer that by saying, yes, it will give people more permission to do so. But I feel like Marcus is still on his own journey. Wanting more engagement. What does that mean? Does that mean sound? Mm -hmm. Does that mean, I mean, Tesla Model S Plaid has... Haven't seen that video of his yet, so I'd be curious to hear more of it. Yeah. So do 911 Turbos. Yeah, for sure. And a new one has a lot of power, and it's really great. But as far as pure engagement, Mm -hmm. there's better cars than the 911 Turbo. It will be fun and great, but pure driver-focused 
really interesting point. There's going to be more cars. So I feel like Marcus is now on a journey. He's going to discover the 911 Turbo. Wow, great. He'll, Mm -hmm. you know, you Mm -hmm. can do launch control 50 times in a row. Mm -hmm. I think Road and Track did that years ago, and the car was like, okay. Yeah. Uh Car's fine. Didn't break. Just fine. You'd go do that with other cars. 50 launch controls in a row. Yeah. Yikes. Yeah. You get what you pay for. It's pretty impressive. But he'll discover power and sound. I think he'll comment a lot about the sound. That's my prediction. Mm. Because sound is such a part of that experience. Downshift into a corner, roll under the throttle, and you're powering out of a corner, and the soundtrack is rising behind you as you've accomplished this thing. It's like your own movie. (laughs) (laughs) I think he might downgrade because... Uh, the Tesla Model S Plaid, well, the 911 Turbo is more expensive, certainly. But I wonder if he discovers that, lives with it, and then still looks around thinking, are there other cars that have more engagement than a 911 Turbo? And the answer will be yes. It's interesting. I really like his work. His work is excellent. And he's yeah. done. he has a separate channel that he calls Autofocus. He doesn't need me to promote it. It's far more successful than we are. But he uh, he shoots really good car reviews on that that are shot very simply. And he, he's just a really, really great product reviewer. I can't mm-hmm. say anything bad about the guy. He comes off really well. Uh, I think it's interesting because he's been a real Tesla acolyte for a long, long time. Mm-hmm. He really liked our original Model S video. It was one of his favorites, which I really appreciated. Uh, he had a, he bought a Model S very early. He was one of the people that put a deposit down on the Roadster, and that money essentially just vanished into the ether. He no, was, it didn't vanish. It got burned. It got burned in the, the tire fire for yeah. cash about back. He uh, was one of the very few that actually got a, a Cybertruck from Tesla to drive it. So he's fully on the inside. I think it's fascinating he's totally. making this move. I have not seen this video to comment on it directly, but I do think that he is – Whatever he's looking for, the Tesla doesn't provide. And I think that is a fascinating turn of events in general Mm. because the Tesla messaging from Tesla and then anybody that is a Tesla acolyte has picked it up is that everything you ever need in a car is being done better over here at Tesla. And we have always said that the Tesla products, in many ways, I've always liked the Model S. The Model S was revolutionary. I don't think Tesla has revolutionized since, but the Model S is revolutionary. And I'm fascinated to drive the Cybertruck. But we've always said a lot of other stuff out there. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. I think it's interesting that he is embracing other stuff. I'm curious to see if that happens elsewhere. I feel like he's on a journey. Oh, for sure. We all are. Which is great. Yeah, for sure. But a tech guy that's not necessarily a car enthusiast. He's not that first. From birth. You're right. You're right. To now, I feel like he's discovering things. Mm, That's good. I like that that journey. And I, I wonder when he discovers that he could downgrade and pay less money. Even though interesting. I want to pay more. I want the McLaren sure, Archer. Sure, sure. I yeah, want yeah. the new McLaren 750. I, <laughs> yeah. I want these cars. But I wonder about bringing different cars into the mix. And he's discovering, well, this this kind of does it for me. And it, I didn't have to pay as much money. Well, that's mm. revelatory. Mm-hmm. I like that kind of thinking. But you're right. I mean, he's he's really great at what he does. Nathaniel Goals is writing in, says he's looking at a 2014 Porsche Cayman S. And the interior is tan. He's not 100% in love with it. Have we ever experienced bad sun glare with a lighter color interior? He's wondering how bad it really is. Nathaniel, have I experienced it? Yes. Is it enough for me to get a different interior color? No. I, I really like lighter no. interiors. It, I mean, it depends on the combination of like paint color and interior color. And everybody's different on this. But it's one of the things that my wife discovered kind of by accident with 
I know, make jokes, first Cayenne that we bought, which had a very light kind of Never two, gets old. Two, <laughs> two color <laughs> tan interior. I mean, it was all the way down to the floor mats. It was way too much tan. I put a bunch of black floor mats in, which really knocked it down just with that. Our, our, up, our newer Cayenne, the 2017, came from the factory in black and tan, which I really, really like. But my wife's comment when we were looking at Cayenne's is she wanted black exterior. She hated the black interiors because they felt too cave-like and dark. And I didn't even think about it until she landed on that. She's like, I don't like this because this interior just sucks up all light and feels depressing. And I was like, that's interesting. So I really like that light tan interior on the, the Porsche, Porsche cars. I do think you can knock down, if it's too much tan, knock it down with some floor mats, but I don't feel like there's glare on the windshield. I mean, sometimes with the right sun in the right place, but enough to bother me? No. Our friend Andrew of Color Cartel in Austin, Texas has a great thoughtful question here. Okay. He's asking about expensive exotic brands and them offering few vehicles with lots of options. Porsche has been that in the past, but now they offer a lot of different vehicles. Mm -hmm. Andrew likes how Alpha operates kind of like that. They've got an SUV for the masses, they've got a sports sedan for the professionals, and they've got the lightweight sports car for the street. That feels like a strong, lean, and tidy statement. Mm. He sees why they would add more cars to compete in more and more segments, and maybe it's unrealistic to expect them not to, but he wonders if Alpha and maybe even Lotus will get lost trying to be like Porsche mm. rather than operate in a more lean manner like Ferrari or Lamborghini or Aston. The question is, do we think trying to be a brand like Porsche is a moonshot likely doomed to be diluted and fizz? Or is Porsche's Volkswagen-backed formula a gold ladder to prosperity that we hope to see Alpha and Lotus begin to climb? Hmm. Wow. I, How long do you have? <laughs> what a thoughtful question. And, you know, Ferrari and Lambro, I mean, all those car companies, like, Really? They're building an SUV? No, they'll never they'll never build an SUV. Yeah, here we are. Park City's littered with Uri. Urises. It's crazy. Uri. Yeah. I've seen one of the in the in the crazy uh Krypton greeny color that they have. I've seen that one a lot of late. It, Around like it, here? It like it came out in the winter. Yeah. What? Yep. Ferrari's got the Puro Sang. They desperately mm -hmm. are stomping their feet and claiming it's not an SUV. <laughs> Looks an awful lot like a... Anyway. What is it? <laughs> not a sedan, not a coupe, not yep. a mid-engine sports car. Yeah, very funny. What are we calling that thing? Mm -hmm. And of course, Aston, I mean, how many iterations of the DB do we have to do to mm -hmm. finally, can we get past something? But a brand like Porsche, I feel like the doors open for them when they, they not invented, but came out with their own SUV. Yeah. But you'll notice they were rather late to market. Very. So for... Lotus and Alpha and other companies like that to be able to do that, they don't need to come out with, this is the leader. Well, it's maybe not the leader in the category and might not eventually mm -hmm. stay the leader. Maybe you're first out the door with it. I almost would rather that lean kind of thinking and then wait for everybody else to do their thing. And then that next vehicle defines the brand even more. Do kind of like the Pearl Sangue. They do their version mm -hmm. of the idea versus yeah. just add to the pile, which is my concern with Geely and things like the Electra, which we haven't driven yes. yet. Yes. If you're using something that's been used under other brands, does it have anything Lotus or Alpha or whoever about it? What Porsche has done here is they've got the backing of a large company and therefore lots of platform sharing now going on yeah, yeah. with the exception of the 911 and the Cayman. But over here, Alpha's got that Stellantis thing going on and mm. executives think, oh, well, why don't we just do 
some new model and we'll take that platform over here and yep. hey designers yep. give us some flashy sketches for that bob's you, your uncle we you got can do a model. flashy sketch by lunch right okay cool we'll see you then seriously yeah. and now we've got something new and same with lotus like you said with that geely backing Lotus never really had the platforms to be able to do that. And now yep. they're sort of spawning cars that we haven't even seen on the road yet. Yep. And they're they're out. You know? <laughs> Supposedly. The Amiya, the Elettra, uh-huh. they're, they're just out. Yeah. Wait, wait, hang on. I'd rather a, a careful step. And you know what? That might cost more, exp- uh, more money for mm-hmm. us to build, but it's that chassis is only shared with one other car in our portfolio, or maybe we come up with that special chassis just to do that. Alpha set a precedent with the Julia when they brought it back. It was mm-hmm. its own platform shared yeah. with nothing. Amazing, yeah. Let's keep doing that. You Let's not think. grab something from elsewhere in the Stellantis portfolio. Mm. So for them to proliferate, I feel like they need to step carefully because those brands, Porsche's right on the line. I mean, they've mm-hmm. got kind of something for everyone, but it's at a very high end. But also Porsche is still managed so separately from Volkswagen. There's not a lot of... It's still, it's very much hallowed, yeah, yeah. separate. It's really a separate company, even though you yeah, have Volkswagen backing and it's always had an association sure, there, but yeah, still, yeah. it's kind of its own thing. Yeah. Whereas we got to be careful with Alpha and Lotus and future car companies to like, let's not move too quick here. Let's And, and if we are, it's got to be definitive. Nick Lancey has one of those questions that we could play with for a while. Unlimited budget, best winter sports car requirements are get to the ski slopes on a powder day without issue and have fun on back roads on the way home i have to list what i feel like are the two obvious choices here the recent lamborghini Storato, that thing and of course the porsche dakar 911 those are obvious i'm going to go atypical and i'm going to go back to the thing that i see every now and then at deer valley and i still kind of want one and that is the ferrari ff or the luso the four-wheel drive (laughs) v12 Four seat. It's essentially a two plus two four seat hatchback from Ferrari. I want one of those badly <laughs> for no re- reason other than to be that's my winter sports car. I mean, you could make it happen with things like an R8 as well, but come on. I This guy that, t- that is every bit as big as you and I that takes skis inside the car and drives his somehow always pristine red Ferrari FF to the ski slopes, I have decided that is my reference point. He might be my North Star. <laughs> Ted Theologan, party on Ted, he says, uh, what's more fun as a daily, the new Prius or the Mazda 3 turbo hatch? I think you're going to have to go farther to make the Prius do what the Mazda 3 turbo hatch does. The, the Mazda 3 in general is designed to be a little bit nicer and a little bit more performance from the factory than the Prius. We have proven that the Prius is fun. We had fun with it on track, but I'll tell you right now, one of the things you're going to end up doing with the Prius, if you try to make it your fun cars, you're going to end up buying seats. And in the Mazda, mm, I think you're mm. gonna I think you're gonna go farther with the Mazda before you really have to change serious stuff. Over on X, Ronald H, whose handle is I want a nine twenty eight, hmm. noted. Okay. Asks why is buying the first vehicle off the assembly line seemingly more important than the last one? Should infamous numbers like number seven being lucky and number thirteen being bad luck be considered also valuable as well? You know. I think it really just has to do with this collector, like, oh, I I'm, I'm saying it's valuable and, and it's the, you know, the first off the assembly line. Don't you want a few to roll by so you can yes. sort out some things and see if you run into issues first? When you buy used, we always say don't buy first year. I just don't see the, the value in having the low number. I just don't care. Mm, I just want mm. a great example of that car. That's good. The serial number of the VIN doesn't have to be, I don't care. 
You know that Chevy did that thing where you could order your C8 with a custom VIN number mm-hmm. to match other Corvettes in your garage. And I really thought, is this a thing? I know it is. I know it is. But really, <laughs> this is a thing? Don't care. Yeah. Thank you for all of the great comments this week on our ridiculous uh, pairing photo of the two of us skiing. I'm still laughing at some of your comments. Uh, I do look like an extra from Star Wars. I have to agree with that. That one's very fun. Uh, but I just, we will be skiing again, me and my ridiculous uh, mirror helmet. But I just <laughs> think that it's great that we shared that with you. Yes, Cap- Captain Phasma is in the is in the building. And uh, the number of looks I get in that helmet. And I here's the thing. Well, I've got it on. I forget I'm wearing it. Why is a person yeah. looking at me? Oh, that's right. I look like that guy. It's better with the blacked out goggles. It is. It is better. It's than super the, the... intimidating. It's so funny. <laughs> Guys, thank you for all your questions. We really appreciate it. Write to us, TV at gmail.com. Topic Tuesdays, car conclusions, and your car debates. Looking forward to hearing from you. Cheers, everyone.